The Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. This is The Alpha Sessions and I'm very pleased to be joined in studio once again by Danny Starr. Welcome back to The Alpha Sessions. Thank you very much. First time in a couple of years. Uh, the last time we spoke to you, it was about two years ago, uh, you chatted to Emma and um, we were just sort of coming out of the pandemic, weren't we, at that time. Um, so mm -hmm. a lot has changed since then and it must be really nice as well now to be able to go back to gigging all your new material as well. Yeah. Uh, um, how has it been for you the last couple of years? Has it been a much more sort of positive experience overall? Yeah, 100%. Um, firstly, thanks for having me back. Pleasure to be here. Um, and yeah, lots has changed. The fact that there's two of us in this room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> to start having an actual yeah. conversation, yeah. not separated by some glass. But yeah, um, yeah, it's been great. And that's kind of part of it is the sort of personal human connection shows for me are about people and seeing people connect with the songs. Um, so having broken down the COVID wall a bit is, uh, yeah, it brings back a lot of the joy um, to what I do. Yeah. A lot of the stuff I'll see during the COVID time was done online and that sort of drove people to doing a lot of live streaming and stuff. Is there anything that you sort of learned during COVID that you still keep in place now that you weren't doing pre-COVID? Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I haven't kept up the live streaming that much personally, but I, I learned a lot of skills. I learned a lot of <laughs> like at home camera and production skills. Um, I guess there's a certain element of connecting with the audience through a screen and a live stream is difficult um, and it's a very different thing. And for the gigs where support slots, for example, where you've really got to win over an audience who have no reason to even turn around, um, you know, that there's certain... I think I think yeah the, that COVID live stream period has helped with that I suppose um, yeah yeah interesting well one of the main things we're going to talk to you about today is the new EP which you dropped last month called For Hungrier Hearts which mm -hmm. by the way is amazing it's a five track EP so go and check it out on uh, wherever you get your streaming stuff from um, I love all the tracks on there um, particularly Painting of a Bad Blood and one you did today which was um, Tristan's Attraction which we'll talk about in a bit mm -hmm. um, but talk us through how the EP came about. I'm very much someone who writes in waves. Um, I kind of have a big, like, yeah, big wave of songs that seem to, some obviously, obviously not they're not all great, <laughs> just songs are happening um, and they sort of come out all at once and then I have a period of quite bad writer's block, but I think it's just more about sort of emotional ups and downs for me, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, I hadn't written in a while and then I started working with um a musician songwriter um called charlie um charlie vaughan glover right and he's he used to be in a band called weird milk um and that uh kind of before covid they were they were doing really well and we started co-writing together um put out a single um and then we had a few other songs which we'd sort of had ideas for and we tied those up and i had a look at some stuff i'd written on my own as well and just there was sort of a sound that encapsulated a period of my life in a few of those songs, which I thought would be a good track, like five track project. Um, and some of them, so Runaway on there is a song I wrote a while ago, like a few years ago, um, and never put out. And Twisted Attraction is actually an older one as well. Um, but yeah, I felt like there was sort of a writing window that ended um, and those songs all fell into that same sort of bucket as I started feeling a bit different about all sorts of things. Um, so I thought, let's get this out. Let's package this part of my life up. And yeah, and 
yeah, that's kind of how it came about, I suppose. Yeah. So you had some of the tracks sort of all ready for the EP. Did you then yeah. sort of think, okay, I need to complete the EP. I need to write a couple more tracks, especially for it, or was it a case of, as you say, going through some of your old stuff and then finding, yeah, what matched? Yeah, it was. It was. It's. It was less like piecing the final bits together. Like it more felt like there, there were twisted attraction, runaway, two older songs which I knew I would needed to put out and one day um, and. I think Over the Edge was the song on the EP which really um, I was like this is the end of a chapter and the start of something else because it's a different sound if it's it's a lot more honest just about what's really going on in my head I feel um, and I've always thought I was writing about my life and what's going on in my head but as you get older especially when you're putting stuff out when you're like 18 yeah you look back on those times you're like oh my god (laughs) I really thought I was so deep and emotional but yeah and I think this EP sort of encapsulates that late teen end of that and proper adulthood Mm. as the next stuff that I've still been writing more recently it all feels quite a lot more mature Um, I was going to say a lot of artists presumably find that and I don't know if you find that yourself that as you sing back maybe some of your older songs now from a number of years ago do you find that some of them you just won't perform now because you can't connect with it anymore or do you look back with it in some fondness and say that was me then this is me now yeah it's it's more yeah it's more um, yeah it's more that was me then because yeah my my music's such a diary in a way so I do enjoy um looking back and sort of knowing what inspired it and what it was about but there are certainly lyrics which I sometimes change (laughs) when I sing live um yeah I think singing about love in your mid-teens feels (laughs) and then being like 24 and singing that same song yeah is uh can be tricky yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> so as you mentioned there you're you're sort of using the EP as a closing of a closing of one chapter and and the start of potentially a new one then so so am I right in saying you are now starting to do more writing for for the next project whatever that might be yeah yeah there are some songs finished already um and I do feel it's going to be probably my largest body of work yet so five track EP was my biggest yeah this biggest kind of single project release so far um and yeah, last year I had a seriously kind of turbulent time um, with some family, kind of changes in the family, um, losses in the family as well. And it was just such a like, I didn't write anything for months. Um, and I kind of started getting to a point where I was finding it difficult to start writing again, even though I knew what I wanted to write about. Um, and then eventually a couple of just the most brutally honest songs I've ever written. I didn't really even really know I could be that just blunt about things. And I've fully understood a lot of artists I've liked over the years who say, you know, it's terrifying putting this out. And I felt that before. Um, but there's a difference when it's, you know, your own family and people in the room at gigs who and when they hear they, they hear some of the new tracks you know there's there's some it's just so it's so honest that yeah I, I look forward to sharing it but it is terrifying um yeah and is that a sort of conversation that you have with people in advance of it going out you say look this is this is a song that i'm being honest that you know i'm putting out there in the world mm-hmm. 
and and you know maybe you need to hear this first or uh, how how do you approach something like that because it must be so difficult um when as you yeah. say when it's that personal yeah um i think for this like i i'm envisioning right now it being an album um and i've kind of hit a stride like i said of my writing coming in waves i've hit a stride of quite a lot of songs are just happening um and there's going to be a part of like finding out what the most important things to get across are um in this sort of chapter of how i've been feeling um and also reflections on myself it, my music is always very self kind of yeah self a lot of self reflection mm. um but once it's formed then i guess i'll know who needs to listen to it first but yeah i think i will probably say look this is going out um sorry if it upsets you <laughs> but it's, it's, here, here you go you can prepare yourself sort of thing <laughs> i mean i suppose a, a lot of music that is out there is going to you know could have the potential to do that because let's face it most singer songwriters write about bad experiences that they've mm. been through whether it's a relationship whether it's something in the family or whatever so there's always going to be that element of that um and i think you spoke about it when you're in the studio last time is that you use your your music as a as a release mm -hmm. and are you finding that now through this songwriting process that it has been quite a release for you yeah more than ever more than ever and over the edge was that like i said like it closed that chapter because it really felt like a a big exhale of sort of what had been in the way for a while of being maybe as honest as i've now being in my writing um because it also over the edge it's not there's not really a specific story in the lyrics as such it's just such a feeling and the music encapsulates the feeling so well which was um really exciting in the studio there was just a point where we were like wow this sounds like you know that tied up feeling in your head that i've been trying to explain um and yeah i think this new stuff is total therapy yeah it is because i write I can generally write about things once I start to comprehend them. Um, and while I'm still in the hole, it's, there's not really much coming out um, music-wise. So, yeah, um, definitely feeling more connected to that than ever right now. Yeah. They told me love is blind I could see it all I could feel that you were all I'd ever need They told me what's your heart don't let it get pulled apart At the hands of someone else's need to bleed Is this what you want? Nothing left for you keeping me afloat Stole almost every part, wanna take it all Oh, do you need me here? Hanging on for dear, 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 dear life You push me to the brink, pull me back again You lean me over the edge Cut the string tight to my back, I beg Please just let this end I keep finding Thoughts where I'm losing grip The truth Can't you just let me go 
even in the evergreens where the ashes fall and burn the ground beneath you'll find a broken man crawling through the golden sand of a paradise turned hell brought God to weep is this what you want? Nothing left but you keeping me afloat Stole almost every part, please just take it all Or do you need me here? Hanging on for dear, 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 dear life you push me to the brink, pull me back again You lean me over the edge, cut the string tight to my back I beg Just let this end, keep finding you Hidden in the cornered thoughts where I'm losing grip of the Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. And you talked about the fact you're sort of very connected to the new stuff that's come out, but has your writing sort of technique and style changed, do you think, significantly as well? Yeah, I've I've actually tried to push my push my technique into different realms to just see what comes out of it, to be honest. Um, and co-writing with Charlie was a big part of that. I've always written, have I've kind of had a fleeting thought as I'm walking down the street about something to do with my life I've been thinking about or overhearing a conversation or I just you know a lyric comes to me and then I start from there and I kind of build chords and lyrics together form some sort of verse or chorus and then build the song outwards um, and I've recently started just focusing really on the musical tone in this new this new kind of way of writing I just get the music to sound like the feeling first and then write something on top of it. Um, I think it's come from Over the Edge being so, I'm so in love with the sound um, that I wanted to have that feeling again. Um, and I also think it's because I've started co-writing for other producers. So then you get sent a track and you just have to write on top of it. So that was a skill I never had before. And I'm now thinking I could probably blend them. Let's see what happens. And I've started getting some really, this really, consistent cool sound of these yeah electric guitar led um instrumentals which have like a really strong lead melody played throughout by an electric guitar and quite spacious vocals that are just kind of punctuating the feeling that the music's giving you and it's different mm. but yeah really enjoying it really enjoying a new way a new kind of way of approaching writing to be honest yeah I'm looking forward to hearing the next stuff, whatever that's going to be. Yeah. And I know you've done a new track for us today, which we'll talk about. Um, do you think more collaboration is on the cards? Then do you think from now on you'll do a lot more sort of co-writing? Is, is that the way forward, do you think? Yeah, I I love co-writing. It's it's difficult when suddenly things go down a really personal <laughs> like avenue. Um, 
and I'm lucky to have worked with a few writers, musicians I know who are also just very um, personal in their writing as well. So I'd normally start a session and would say, what's kind of been bubbling away on your mind that you felt like you wanted to write about? Um, and it can often end up being like a half an hour heart to heart um, and then start start getting into the writing. Um, I was going to say, does that does that happen sort of very naturally, quite quickly? Do where you sort of yeah, you have to pour out to each other sort mm. of what you're feeling and then start writing it together. Because presumably sometimes that just doesn't happen. You don't have that rapport with someone. You think, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so usually when that happens, it's less awkward and more like work. Yeah. Like there's a, a part of songwriting, obviously, which is a job. And if you sit in a session and you're like, let's just get to it. Let's make a pop kind of hook and get this demoed and finish this track in a few hours um we'll finish this demo and that's totally doable i've done that and rather than it going down a path of like we're not connecting emotionally you kind of just go yeah let's write something that's poppy this is going to really grab people um listening but yeah sometimes obviously it's a little awkward but that's just i think that's just the nature of creative collaboration you know yeah can't always be on the same lines, can you? Yeah. Let's talk about one collaboration that you did uh, last year with mm-hmm. Gareth Emery. Mm. Um, you did an electronic track, didn't you? Tell us about that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very different, um, but just such an awesome turn of events that led to so much cool stuff as well. Um, basically, over COVID, loads of people started connecting online for collaborations more than ever before. Obviously, it used to be people you know through gigs and your network and as soon as COVID happened, I think a lot of the rest of the industry caught up with electronic music in a way. Um, I think electronic music producers have been doing a lot of online collaboration for a while. Um, so I, there's a platform, um, there's a load of platforms, but there's just one, this one platform I use um, called Sound Better, which you basically have a profile, you list your skills, some of your credits and um, some of your music and people can reach out with projects and you can apply to people's projects as well. And Gareth's manager just reached out and said, hey, we want to try, um, see if you'd be up for singing on some of these tracks that Gareth's putting out on an album next year. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. And heard one of them, absolutely loved it. Um, and we went to the studio, he was in LA on Zoom and the session it was crazy. I'd actually not seen it before, the, the session project file was open on the computer and I was recording live vocals and he was in LA with the same project open editing them live while we were in the studio so I was in the booth and then we had um, the producer in London uh, in the room on the other side at the desk and then Gareth in LA doing his bits at his desk Um, and it all felt very professional (laughs) (laughs) and uh, it was yeah it was really cool and I I think the song really suited my vocal style because I wanted to I'm about sort of bringing a sort of more raspy indie rock mm. vocal to electronic music which often is very clean mm. um, and yeah ended up getting to perform it at Ultra Miami with wow. Gareth which was just yeah mental amazing mental I mean I love the track as well and it's it's quite interesting to listen to because obviously it's a very different style to what I'm normally used to hearing you do but mm. uh, would you be up for doing more of that sort of stuff as a sort of a side project as well you quite yeah. enjoy that challenge totally yeah and yeah. I've, I've written quite a few songs for electronic music producers since and 
obviously I think having that credit with Gareth is going to help me massively in that space. Um, so I'm so grateful that they literally were just browsing vocalists and asked if asked if I'd be up for it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of people ask, like, do you want to put it out under an alias? And do you want to not have your name on it because it's going to confuse people on your Spotify when they're listening through and there's like a contrasting genre. And because my music is so much just me, I honestly want it all to be there mm. because it's just what I've sort of made. Yeah. And I'm really happy with that all being in one place. Um, so, yeah, I definitely will carry on. Yeah. As, yeah, as long as people have me <laughs> on their tracks. <laughs> I think I'm sure they will. Um, so let's talk about some of the gigs now, because, I mean, this year has been a massive year for you already gig-wise, and you've got some more exciting ones coming up. But you've mm. already played Ronnie Scott's Bar, mm-hmm. uh, Colours Hoxton, The Green Note in Camden as well. And I think you've got Piano Smithfield coming up in a few days' time, haven't you? Yeah. Um, talk to us about you know, any particular special memories that you've got from some of the gigs that you've done this year so far. Ooh, I mean, Colours Hoxton was amazing um my biggest headline to date um congrats on that by the way it did look amazing thanks yeah it was it was really special um partly because i was sharing some of this new stuff um and there's yeah there's one song i've finished and it was the first time i've performed it live um and it's got like a voice note from my mum at the start uh, which I recorded without her knowing, actually. In, <laughs> yeah. And we, we were just in the kitchen. I came home from work, and it was one of those ones where as soon as you take your bag off your back and put it down, the talking starts. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, it's, there's, been, there's, there's, some, there's been a day that needs to be discussed. And, um, yeah, that there was a moment in the middle of the show where that was, you know, the whole room sort of, got the turning of the page in the music it marked quite it marked a turn of the page in the set list um and it very much marks that change of this is very personal and about my life and emotional to this is very much just me and my life and you know listen to it and feel from it without me trying to disguise it too much at all Mm. it was yeah it's very that that song's really Performing that song live for the first time is a big one. Um, I was going to say, do you get nervous performing live, especially when you're introducing them to such personal new music like that? Yeah, that one was terrifying. Yeah, that that was... And it's piano accompanied, so it's one of the few songs in my set where I'm not playing anything. Um, So I kind of was just sitting there through the voice note waiting to come in, like looking at the crowd. Oh, my God. This is... Oh, actually, to be honest, barely looking at the crowd. (laughs) Just looking at the ground. You wanted a nice upbeat one to sort of shake everything out afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and, um, in terms of what's still to come this year one of the most exciting things that i've seen you posting about is black deer festival yes which as we're recording this is coming up in a few a few weeks time yeah some amazing names alongside there a lot of uh, former alpha sessions guests as well but that must be something you're very much looking forward to yeah so excited so excited for that and just yeah obviously when you see artists on a lineup that you would buy a ticket to see anyway and then your name gets slotted in there it's very cool quite surreal um yeah. Anyone in particular that you're looking forward to seeing whilst you're, whilst you're there that's on the list? Kurt Vile and the Violators is an, that's an artist that I, my partner and myself actually both have really wanted to see for ages mm. and just saw as soon as we were kind of like browsing the festival after I was asked if I'd be up for playing, we were like, oh, 
you'll be coming as a guest. <laughs> you're coming <laughs> as a plus one. And then, yeah, CMAT as well, or CMAT. CMAT, yeah. I think is yeah. how it's pronounced. Um, there's a couple of amazing songs from CMAT that have come out in the last year or so. And then, yeah. Well, it looks, um, it looks very exciting. Yeah, it's going to be great. Looking it's forward gonna be to great. hearing more about it. One of the things I noticed that you did on your, um, I think it was on your Twitter, actually, you posted your set list of one of your gigs in emojis. Mm. Yeah. I, I have to confess, I spent way too much time last night trying to <laughs> suss out some of these. Um, yeah. You have to go to the Twitter to have a look at it. But how long did that take you to put that together? That's inspired, by the way. I think you should carry oh. on doing that. Wow. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was, that was such a weird, spontaneous, like, late night in bed. What am I going to just, like, post before the show? Um, and, yeah, I just sort of thought it'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, everyone everyone I've spoken to about that has said, yeah, I got most of them, some none. Yeah. Like so, so, some couldn't, did, had no idea. Um, and to be fair, that's totally understandable because there were some I was like, I have no idea how to put this into emoji. So yeah. this, this is, yeah, if anyone gets this, it's, they're a genius. <laughs> um, or or they they really are a top fan. I was going to say, um, I, did, I certainly didn't get all of them, but I did get, yeah. I did get two or three, I think. Yeah. Way. Yeah. yeah. No, um, that, that was good fun. So are there any other venues that you'd say are on your bucket list of places that you would love to perform in a, you've obviously done quite a lot over the last couple of years, but where's still on the list that you want to, you want to do? Um, yeah. Uh, Coco Camden is a venue I would uh, love to play. Um, I've been to loads of gigs there of some of my favorite artists and it's, yeah, it's one of those sort of London bucket list venues for sure. Uh, I got to do Scala on their like second stage, and I didn't even know they had a second stage in mm. Scala, but I got to do their second stage as part of a festival last year. And Scala, it's sort of like the old theatre vibe venues really get me going. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what it is, um, but yeah, the Scala main stage, Coco, just because it's stunning as well, and the renovation was pretty good, pretty impressive. Um, they're big, big bucket list ones. But then, I mean, festival-wise, I mean, I just, I'm dying to to find my way onto the Glasto lineup somehow. Um, and, yeah, I've kind of said to myself, I've got a cut-off age, at which point I'll buy a Glastonbury ticket. And until <laughs> that point, I'm only going to go if I'm booked. <laughs> yeah. no, fair enough. I think it's going to happen. I've got, I've got good oh, feelings well, about thanks. it. So, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Glasto, get on it, all right? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, let's talk about one of the other tracks that you performed for us, um, which is, I believe, an unreleased track called Go Ahead Boy. Yeah. Um, so talk to us about this one. Yeah, um, Go Ahead Boy. Um, one of the first that kind of came from this new chapter of writing, actually. Um, it's sort of inspired off one of my own lyrics, which is funny because I don't think I've done that before. Um, yeah, so it's it's a new one from this new chapter of writing we've been talking about. Um, and it's super self-reflective. And funnily enough, yeah, it's like it's been inspired off a lyric from one of my own songs, which I've not, uh, I don't think I've done before. Um, in Painting of a Bad Blood on the new EP, there's a middle-eight um, kind of breakaway section where the lyric is... Um, write a letter to my former self. Um, don't go wasting all your blushes. Keep keep some love to feed your hungry heart. Um, and that sort of talking to a former version of myself um, was something I thought warranted its own entire song because that song felt like that was the main message, even though it's really hidden away in only one of the lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, 
And yeah, Go Ahead Boy is totally just a letter to myself from, you know, when I was kind of in my mid, mid late teens of just slow down, um, don't get ahead of yourself, don't make all the mistakes and learn from them the way that I, I did basically and just wishing I could say, can I take a breath? There's no need to rush. Um, and yeah, I think it's yeah a further step forward in that self-reflective style that I go for with my writing that is, again, just more honest. Go ahead, boy. Go hit the city. Find yourself a girl. Even the boys are more pretty. Get about a job and teach yourself guitar and learn to write songs about how you've come far. Take one step, won't you please? Wish I could tell you all of these things in big letters around your head in lipstick red. I wish I could have been comfortable instead. Your mental capacity to have any strand of emotional connection to the world Bulldozing over her, oh, I wish I would have waited I had so much to learn You're packing on the load, yeah, you're blind to it all Another crack in the road, try to fix it in the night Drink or think until the light, yeah, neither can take back So just take my advice, not my vices, my advice Back to the start, back to your favorite part When living was carefree and life a blank work of art Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. We've talked... 
quite a lot today already, and you certainly have on previous occasions about um, mental health, and uh, you know you talk very openly about it. And a lot of the chat down here, especially recently, has been around social media and mental health, which is something perhaps we haven't touched on mm. as much. You seem to have a lot of fun with social media. I have to say your Instagram <laughs> account sort of makes me laugh, makes me smile. There's a lot of sort of, you know, very artistic, creative stuff on there. How How is your relationship with social media overall, would you say? <laughs> I'm really glad to hear you enjoy it because my relationship with social media is that I really just wish it wasn't part of a music career. Right. Um, I have my fun with it. Um, and there's obviously parts of the connection you get with people through it that are fantastic that without social media you wouldn't be able to have but when it boils down to it I enjoy the most sharing my music in a room with people at a show and for many reasons that has social media has impeded the live space impeded how people become fans of musicians what fandom means anymore um and 